Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman, and this is episode 206. As a conversation I had with Kev Fitzsimons, he is a musician, he's a singer-songwriter, the leader of the front person of the band Anxiety Club, a Wellington-based group. Uh, but Kev's an old friend, we go way back, and um, you know, we, you'll, you'll find that out instantly during this conversation. This is a, a chat that we have tried to set up a couple of times over the last couple of years, and it hasn't quite uh, worked out. So I think this might be the final recording I made in 2019. This is towards the end of 2019. Um, and it's yeah, certainly one of the last conversations that I recorded last year. Um, and we have a big old chat. We talk about uh, old times because we played in a band together. Um, and then we talk about, uh, Kev's had a very interesting uh, journey with music. He moves over to the UK in the late 90s and, and sets himself up over there as a music promoter in Ireland and then on to London to follow his dream and, and play you know, invent himself as a, a solo act. And so he tells this story where he set up a fake name and um, he ended up doing recording sort of session work, singing vocal hooks for kind of dance tracks. And um, and he tried he tried his best to make it. And um, he's amazing in the, in the storytelling here because he admits to the thing that a lot of people don't want to admit, that it didn't work, that it failed. And he talks about that. And he talks about that with... Uh, with great humour and humility and um, look this is an indulgent conversation on my part because we knew each other very well and I wanted to have fun with this conversation and we we jogged a lot of memories for each other so there's a lot of laughter and a lot of silliness and there were a a few drinks consumed uh, in the lead up and in the process of recording this and um, I, I really enjoyed listening to it back. I thought it was funny and interesting, and I think the the story that he has to tell is brilliant. I knew it would be, but um, I was very pleased to capture it. So, uh, and then of course we get to Anxiety Club and what they're doing, and um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy this. This is me chatting with uh, Wellington-based singer-songwriter, guitarist, musician Kev Fitzsimons. Well, we have been drinking for what an hour and a half <laughs> and chatting, so I assume that's part of the courtship. Well, I was thinking about this when you were on your way around. You're probably one of the people that, I don't know how to phrase this, you're probably one of the people I, n- I have known the longest mm. that I'm about to talk to on the podcast. Mm. There's a couple of others. I've talked to a couple of people I went to school with. Mm. Um, but oh, we must have known each other for over 20 years. Yeah, it would be, because uni was... Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we have um, been very part-time in each other's lives. <laughs> very, <laughs> see what I mean? I don't know how to phrase this. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. how to get this going. Well, you know, so here's a really interesting example. Right? Yeah, because I think... Um, so with the band, I remember... So I remember keeping tabs on what you were doing when I was overseas yeah. for a long yeah, time. Yeah. And obviously, Vons, you know, yeah, yeah. mutual friend. Yeah. And... Uh, I knew you back then, and mm. then I understood the sort of reputation that you were gaining over here. Yeah. And always admired you for it, incidentally. Right. Um, and then I remember coming back and having the band, <laughs> and we, we recorded something, and, and I said, oh, I'll give you know, cause <laughs> I'll we, give it to we my mate. Up, I'll give it, I'll give it <laughs> and to they all, And they all went, no, 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 <laughs> no. Did out. they? And like, <laughs> they all did oh, the sh- cutthroat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, oh, shit, really? Oh, what did he say? What did he say? <laughs> <laughs> 
you had this sort of notoriety. It's like, very you know, funny, this, because I can't... I try to be... Simon mi- Sweetman, destroyer of worlds. <laughs> I try to be mildly aware of the, the fact that that might be the case, but yeah. I don't go looking to understand that, because why would you? You know what I mean? Like, So I, I, I'm, I'm, I recognise that I've... Ruined some homes and <laughs> killed some relationships around town, but I don't know the full extent of it. Um, yeah, and I, I just thought that was surprising to me because that's not how I, I that's, know that you. That hadn't been your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, exactly. I can't. And, and but the thing I valued was that you, you would give me an, even though you know mm. we're part-time friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you think that was Lionel Richie's original? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is. Uh, You'd still tell me the truth, which is I think yeah. important. Yeah, yeah and you yeah. would you would just be honest. Yeah, that, that, I think that's a valuable. Yeah, and that's a valuable thing because it's, it's actually not many people do that. Yeah, well, it's you know, you know it hasn't it hasn't, it hasn't been a good career move, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, and, yeah, has it, yeah. That's so not so that's why not many people do it. <laughs> that's why not people. No, but it's to be respected in all oh, honesty. Thank you. No, no. Um, I don't know when we met, but. I know how, vaguely how, like I can't remember exactly when and how we met, but you flattered with a good friend of mine from school. Yeah. And uh, we were in the same, you know, we we're in the same group of people at university, basically. Yeah. But you grew up here. I did. You're a Wellingtonian. Matawa boy. Yeah. Mm. What was happening for you before I knew you? What oh. were you, you're a, you're a music theatre guy. Well, I, I was you a once I at guy? uni, but right, before okay. that I was kind of more of a jock Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So I, I grew up in Tower as a suburban, mm. classic, you know, eighties middle class, New Zealand, probably the same as yeah. Havelock North. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I went Except to an, Havelock North wasn't a dry county. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. But we had about twelve churches you could choose from mm. on a Sunday in Tower, lucky mm. us. Um, and went to you know a Catholic boys' school and all that kind of jazz. And uh, but it was. I, it was late at school that I sort of got into a bit of the acting mm. sort of stuff. So, I mean, I don't think there's anything too remarkable about those early days, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. I just I just than, know that that's how, when I met you, I knew you as a theatre person. Yeah. And then it was kind of interesting that, and again, not surprising, but it was interesting to me that music was sort of part of that as well. Like, because I don't know who'd fed me the line, probably Phil, but I just sort of... Understood you as a theatre actory sort of person. Mm. So, and it's funny. I think all these kind of things have come out by accident. So, when I was growing up, my sister was the singer. Yeah. You know, great voice, and um, I didn't really do any of that. I was doing, you know, rugby and mm. cricket and all that kind of classic Kiwi mm-hmm. lad stuff. And then um, the first year at uni, <clears throat> I did the capping review, and a certain Mister Ben Fulton. Mm. Was the musical director? That's right. Another another good mutual friend. Yeah, yeah. And um, one of the and I, like probably, I probably show. went to that and watched that you because probably, I you probably I savaged it. <laughs> <laughs> brutal review and salient. Yeah. No, because I do remember going because Ben was musical director of a capping review. I do remember going to at least one. Yeah. So you would have been in it, but I, think I that was wouldn't it. have known you then. So With I would have. J- Jamie Irvine now, yeah. Shortland Street. Fan. Yeah. Right. You know, I did a skit. Yeah. And there was a musical number near the end from memory singing My Generation by mm. The Who. And I'd never really sung much. And so, However, I don't know how it came about. And anyway, I ended up singing in a rehearsal or something. And, and Ben was like, you know, mm. 
wow, that's do that Ben again. will forget he said this, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. you've the greatest voice I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was it verbatim. <laughs> anyway, so, and that was, I was kind of like, oh, I've never really, so I don't really, didn't know this was a thing I could particularly do. Anyway, I sort of murdered the song. Are you serious though? Did you not, like, did you really not have a clue that you could sing? No, not really. I'd never really done it. Mm. No. No, it's just, it suddenly happened and then um, sort of, yeah, that's what people said, oh, you know, you're not bad. And I'm just, what, what happened after that? We'd, and then, so then Ben and I sort of tried to get this covers thing going. Mm. Um, but I'm actually a terrible covers <laughs> singer. No, I know that. I was in yeah, the band. Yeah, you were in the band. <laughs> <laughs> I think I played guitar in that band. You know, the irony of this, actually, with this weird Wellington loop is Ben played bass in that band for a yes. bit, and I played lead guitar. Yeah, yeah. And if ever there's a sign that, of the universe is... <laughs> that should have been a swap. <laughs> oh, the patience of the man. Um, and then, so, you know, Nuvance and, and, and so on, and, you know, yeah. mutual friends, if I'm not supposed to name names. Tell me. Oh, you can. Yeah. Well, and these people are nobodies. And so I'd never, I'd never <laughs> played in a band mm. when I joined you. I could barely play guitar. Good it, lord. That, that was what we looked for. In, <laughs> that's that what we looked kind of for. In symbolic lo fi. Well, uh, so a, yeah. let's name and shame the band. Um, so you joined Wellington's loudest covers band. Mm. You know, that was our reputation. Was it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I didn't know. We that. were written up as. So uh, I had this band at uni called Sofa covers band and you joined when our guitarist left mm. tony mm. and so it started as a three-piece turned into a four-piece and then yeah you you i know so i'm guessing this is 98 nine no, no i'll be not 97 97 right. yeah yeah yep. so 97 98 yeah would have been when we were doing it and so you were, yeah, so you joined as a guitar player and an occasional singer. We had a lead singer. Mm. And that was basically you filled the role of the guy who left. Tony, yeah. Tony did that. He played guitar and he would sing on a couple of songs. I do remember you pulled out this sort of showstopper, James Brown. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> really? Yeah. Jeez. I do remember that. And I remember you sort of just pulled it out of this because we never really rehearsed. And so I remember you, I feel like it was at a pub in Thorndon. And I, you I sort of pulled it out, you know, on the spot, like, hold my guitar, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and uh, Really? Yeah, pretty much. Shit, I, I do remember that. sort of playing along going, holy fuck, this is actually pretty good. Like, <laughs> what you were doing, you know, like, it was fun. Anyway, that was a fun, like, we were, we were a band that just played to our mates. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Yeah. So we, I had a great memory of playing, like, the you would have come, You would have come and watched us yeah. um, beforehand. So I did. you would have seen the original version of the band. I was, yeah, so it was like a, a dream come true. Absolutely. <laughs> longest <laughs> to, audition. To get longest audition ever. <laughs> <laughs> I bought you guys a lot of beers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It was fun, though. We, we were, we were, a awesome. fun, were a fun band. I mean, we were no doubt terrible, but what was fun about it was it worked. So we, we were really good at going to bars and saying, employ us we'll bring all our friends we were a good party band good party band it was yeah. really party guitar stuff and it yeah. was the idea was if someone wanted to request a song we'd have a fucking go at it <laughs> you know if we didn't know yeah. it we'd stop halfway through and admit that it was a balls up and if someone wanted to get up on stage and reckon they could sing we'd probably let them have a go we at did it. we used to have a lot of guest vocalists a lot of guest vocalists a lot of guest percussionists 
I can remember handing out like tambourines and maracas and stuff, and and I can remember it was like a like one of those giant slip cordons. Two gullies, two gullies, two gullies, and four slips, all playing yeah. like you know triangles and tambourines and woodblocks uh, to knocking on heaven's door, which was really hard to stay, you know above <laughs> you know to to try and mark some kind of delineate some kind of yeah. time so above the that. one yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah that's right anyway that was good fun and so wow. i had met you before that obviously but yeah that's when we really got to know each other i think well the, i have a memory of that that is was quite influential i remember we played a, a law mm. review or a law school review yeah, yeah. at the backbencher yeah we did that a few times yeah. and it just went for whatever reason it went off mm. and there was a mosh pit and i remember being on stage thinking Wow, this is really cool. What if this is as good as it gets? <laughs> well, as it turned out. Um, but I'm just going, shit, this is not bad. You now, know, the, band, the band might have broken up because you left. Is that what happened? Did you fuck off overseas and that's why we stopped playing? Can I blame you? Because like, I don't know how that band... No, I, I don't think so. I didn't... Oh, maybe. Probably. I think Vont, you know, I yeah, think the lead maybe, singer went off yeah. on a solo career. <laughs> Classic sort yeah, of, yeah, yeah Well, that's, that's any band's, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's a, yeah mandatory. Yeah. But anyway, so he left, and did you leave at the similar time? Probably. Yeah. So you go to England. I go to England, and uh, I go to Ireland, sorry. Mm. Yeah, that was always the plan. That's right. I go to Ireland, and... Um, Oh man, I just I do the OE. I go and I end up just mm. falling into these weird situations that were quite cool. I ended up uh, setting up a, a music promotions company over there, and the first gig we promoted, and I was based I was based in Dublin. And I was based in a town called Kilkenny, mm-hmm. which is about an hour and a half south. It's a city by name. It's quite small. The first gig I promoted in Kilkenny was a Wellington band called Trinity Roots <laughs> who happened to be doing an Irish tour and I had remembered I'd seen them win Operation Music Storm mm. at Vic Uni yeah, yeah, which yeah. was the Battle of the Bands was in like yes yeah yeah now I was trying to talk to someone about that because so we played in that Sofa played in a Battle of the Bands and this might have been bef- well you, your timeline's throwing me out but mm. we played at because Julia Deans was a judge. Should I remember that now? And we came last, I think. Or, uh, <laughs> that, yeah. They didn't understand us. <laughs> I think we were ahead of our time. <laughs> a covers band entering a <laughs> Battle of the Bands and suddenly trying it to play originals. Very, very postmodern. <laughs> I like Yeah. Well, because you guys had written a couple of originals. We had. And actually one of them was a bit of a crowd favourite and it was yeah. quite good, but I forget the name now. Because yeah. he had a demo. that's true yeah 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 yeah. i am a i was a published lyricist (laughs) (laughs) i did i did have an actually that no now i remember so i did at uni also have an originals thing going on Mm. because we played a battle of the bands at uni and um we made the final and i know it was weird because there was a guy maddie Copland, who was a very mm. talented muser, who I played with in a band then, and then he came back in the first incarnation of Anxiety Club some 20 years later, and we hadn't seen each other right. since. He ended up yeah, responding right. to the Facebook ad wow. and played with us for the first year, and now he's overseas being very good at um, mixing and what have you. Um, but yeah, I ended up in, in Ireland and doing kind of random things like mm. I promoted Trinity Roots and then had a, promoted a bunch of Irish artists and then 
um, the Flight of the Concords were doing the Edinburgh Festival, mm. and I'd known Brett because we'd played indoor netball together. Mm. Um, and and you, maybe been in the capping review, or not? Oh, we we had we yeah. had done a capping review yeah. together because they were they both did that stuff. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and then I was promoting um, or the prom- publicist for uh, the biggest comedy festival in Ireland at mm. the time. Um, which I just chanced upon, and so um, uh, sort of—I don't know how you would describe it. They might have a very different take on it than I did in terms of the definition of the word help. <laughs> <laughs> Neither, yeah. Anyway, there were good intentions, mm. and um, it helped them put together a tour of Ireland and introduce mm. them to some of these people. And anyway, then they did—you know—they got massive and went to the states and all that. And then I was involved in radio stations with U2's manager, Paul McGuinness, and random stuff like this. So I had all these random experiences. Now hang on. That, that, that deserves a little, bit more, <laughs> a little bit more unpacking than that. So there was, I was working for a guy at the time who was part of a consortium. He was a shareholder in a consortium. Not this much unpacking. Not this <laughs> And I believe the details of the contract around the, the broadcasting agreement. Um, anyway, so he was a shareholder, and Paul McGuinness from U2 was mm. a shareholder, and Vince Power, who owned Mean Fiddler, who was one of the biggest mm. promoters at the time, and they were up against a consortium um, led by Bob Geldof for a broadcast, a regional no, broadcasting license in Ireland. Yeah. It's random. It's yeah. nuts. And I do remember having this massive fanboy moment because the first meeting of these shareholders and uh, my boss at the time, he said, come along because you're going to be um, helping out with this, was at principal management's offices in Dublin, which is U2's management offices. Mm. So I go up and I'm just wandering around looking at all the stuff on the walls and, you know, it was a, it was a crazy moment. And I think back and go, I really should have leveraged that into yeah. something a little more significant. <laughs> um, but I was a bit young and dumb to realise... Yeah you know, what was going on, and so I had the opportunity to meet some of these guys, and Paul McGinn was a really nice guy, and, um, and yeah, it was just kind of random stuff. That's nuts. And now, you are, you were a U2 fan, I imagine, because yeah. a lot of people our age are, <laughs> you know, at, at some point if they're not now. I love them. Yeah up until about 2001 well I was thinking like when we were playing in the band together we, we would have played a bunch of U2 songs because that was a part of U2 that and Radiohead I think yeah yeah it was, was and a bit of Pearl Jam that was and Crowded House that was kind of the whole set really more or less pretty much but um, yeah like it was a big thing right U2 was a yeah they were amazing you know back, and I mean I remember the as a student having their this is going to you know betray how old we are <laughs> having the, the VHS copy of yeah. their live in Sydney <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zoo TV, 1993. Yeah. We used to play ad nauseum and doing these sort of covers and stuff. And um, when I landed in Ireland, which was 2001, they were just about to hit their Slane mm, Castle runner gigs, mm. which were, were massive. Yeah, that was kind of, that they'd, they'd been um, quiet and that was the kind of getting back, like this whole kind of campaign of you to a coming back to be the biggest band in the world like they were yeah, yeah. trying to that was the marketing wasn't it that they've, they're kind of doing Joshua Tree all over again with those couple of albums in the early 2000s that, that's know, right they're reclaiming this title they stopped the kind of tricks of um, you know everything from Uptown Baby through to Pop which was all 
interesting but experimental. So now well, what did you think of those? Which is your favourite U2 album? My f- absolute favourite U2 album now mm. is the the one that I say the only one that I can listen to is Unforgettable Fire. Oh, but but I am a bit of a secret fan of Zoo Roper. Oh, that's a great yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I never liked pop. I never. That was where I just kind of went. Like, there's a couple of probably some okay songs on it, but mm. I, that was where we, <clears throat> me and you two, basically said goodbye. Yeah. Uh, now I can't listen to really a lot of the stuff, you know, Rattle and Hum, Joshua Tree, all that stuff leaves me pretty cold mm. Unforgettable Fire is amazing I, mm. I don't listen to it lots a couple of times a year but I love it and um, you know there's obviously there's selected other things yeah. but uh, yeah I and pro, you know Arctong Baby I was a big fan of I went to that Zoo TV tour I loved it did you go to that? yeah I saw them in Auckland that's oh. the only time I've seen them and right. I'm kind of pleased about that and that might have gone to some of the more recent shows if it had worked out but I'm I'm, I'm like one and done was mm. perfect for me with them like that that encapsulated everything I liked about the band at that time it was a good show yeah. you know I was the right age to see it yeah. you know, I I'd, I'd probably had four stadium gigs under my belt <laughs> you know something like yeah, that three yeah. or four so, you, so it was pretty cool you were right for yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it was pretty cool and I, um, yeah so that's where I'm at but yeah I actually reckon Zuropa's pretty good I'm it's going to be interesting to see how they what, what their legacy looks like because you know certainly the last few albums I did I well, get interested I can't, in what's that one um, but they were from back in the day I mean Jesus oh yeah. yeah phenomenal no 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 I was phenomenal yeah scene. I can't I you know I, I, I sort of can't deny that I was a, I was a massive fan those early, all the early albums were big for me yeah and uh, even um, the sort of period you're talking about um was it all that you can't leave behind? Is around about the 2000, 2001. That was the last one that I kind of, kind yeah. of liked a little bit. I was going to say that, and uh, was it How to Dismantle an Atom Bomb, I think, is the yeah, 2004. I, with Vertigo, I never got into <coughs> Yeah, so yeah. I can remember giving a pretty rave review to that in the Dominion Post. Did you? Yeah, and I feel a little bit... <laughs> that was the point at which your yeah, career... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> career. <laughs> um, I... I you know, people people will say like, oh, you know, what do you regret? <laughs> you know, you must have you must have reviewed an album and said it was great. You didn't really mean it, and I or vice versa. You must have said you loved something, you know, or you didn't love something, and then you got into it. And I can never think of an example, but actually, yeah, giving a rave review to Dismantle an Atom Bomb was was way off <laughs> you know like I don't know what I was saying <laughs> that was that was me just agreeing to do like back then they would have like the featured album of the week we need someone who'll write some good words about this mm. and I I was pretty exuberant and um, I don't think I've listened to that album since yeah and I was I, I haven't cared about the last couple at all no yeah. no Two it feels three. like I, there's just been no I don't even there. know how many there've been um, yeah. It's funny you say that because I was having the same conversation with a mate who'd just been up to the Joshua Tree gig mm, in Auckland, mm. and apparently that was a really good yeah, gig. Yeah, yeah, I, I had that pang like mm. when it was announced. I was like, maybe I should go to mm. this, like, because I was massively into Joshua Tree. But then I tried listening to it a few years ago, and I was like, I don't give a fuck about this. Like, I just don't. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then but then still, like, you have this thing when you're a when you're a lifer with this stuff, you kind of. You see it advertised, and you, you think, "Man, the marketing doesn't affect me." 
you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm better than that. And that's, that's, that's <laughs> I'm right. better than that. That's I'm for idiots. Wise that, I'm wise. That's, that's for it. idiots. And then you see it. You know, what you two's coming here? What now? And they're going to play Joshua Tree. Fuck! I'm going to book some time. Telling you a sixteen-year-old fanboy over again. Eh? I had a moment. And then I just like got up and went like, Nah, that's yeah. not me. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're in Ireland and you get to do this. That's pretty cool. So, that, so you meet w- you two's manager. You work with him. Yeah, I give him a demo. Yeah. I never hear from him again. <laughs> good <laughs> no, way. To, good way to. I wasn't even that organised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and and this so, is me doing a really you know cool slick version of a James Brown song. <laughs> yeah, you should hear this band from Wellington. <laughs> they're <future>. loud. <laughs> yeah, they're really loud. Check out the drummer. Um. And so then I started sort of, I don't know, I started writing original songs, which I think were, you know, universally awful, and and doing <laughs> open mic type stuff. Mm. And um, and then I was kind of at this, this point where I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. And so I got recruited into another covers band. Yeah. And so I spent a year... Uh, traveling around Ireland in this covers band. You're saying that like you relapsed. <laughs> it was a bit like that. Eh? I got my first hit with Sofa and I thought I was over it. <laughs> and then um, it lured me back again. And the, well, this the name of this band was Up For It. Okay, so the names were getting better. The names Just. Were getting, well, the four was the number four. Yeah. So it's oh, uh, so no. no. So not really. Yeah. And I was playing bass, bizarrely. Mm, mm. Um, but it was good fun. Was Ben Fulton playing with it? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no. I think he auditioned, I think. <laughs> but <laughs> he's listening to this, he's just going to be, what? Um, and so it was actually really cool because I was mm. sort of mid 20s and didn't really know mm. what I wanted to do, and that was really great. And it turned out to be a really good sort of musical education. Mm. And then my visa ran out in Ireland, and uh, I had to leave. Um, but we're drinking Guinness as we talk as, about yeah, this, yeah, so the yeah. legacy continues on strong. some level. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. And then went to to the UK, and that's when I really started pursuing it in in earnest. Yeah, yeah. From a um, mainly trying to be a singer point of view, I suppose, session vocalist. And I, I met a guy who'd been. Um, a songwriter there called Richard Salmon and he'd been signed with Universal and all that kind of jazz and, and we wrote a bunch of songs and uh, it's a, it's an interesting period when I look back at it mm, because mm. I think it's 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 a bit of a um, cautionary tale mm. in a way I think. Well, let's do it <laughs> <laughs> because I can remember because no, no, I had forgotten that you went to Ireland first but mm. when, when you started talking about it I can remember hearing from from you from Ireland I can remember getting some emails and, and being in touch with you because it's pretty probably pretty social media MySpace yeah that sort of thing like just sort of Bebo. occasionally just sort of knowing that you were there so but then when you go to London mm. you're working a day job like you're doing a thing yeah 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 which I hadn't done in Ireland you know so that was quite weird ended up working in an office doing sort of comm stuff mm. which I'd done out of uni mm. and then you sort of I thought like I'm really going to go after the music dream now if mm. I'm in London you know let's really try and make this happen yeah and I was there for seven years and you know going after the music dream turns out to be really fucking brutal yeah you know in many ways what um, was your attack how did you go about it what was it? there was no plan yeah you so know that's probably, probably not a good start <laughs> 
Looking back. Looking back. Like looking back. Looking, did I have a, the idea? Did I have a plan? No. <laughs> well, here I think is probably where the you know the U two thing loomed large. I wanted to be in a band. Yeah. I wanted to be in a band that just took over the world. Do you mm, know what I mean? Mm, mm. And um, it turns out to do that, you've got to have really good songs. <laughs> it's handy. It's a good idea. And that was what I do thing. often think about. Well, when I say often, I have thought a few times. Now, what if? Bono was a solo artist, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. Like, That's how right. would that have worked out? Like, would he have been like the world's shittest Billy Bragg? <laughs> like, he probably would have been. Like, in a weird Maybe way. Maybe would have been a crooner. Well, he, he might have been. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he felt like he didn't develop that until a bit later. Yeah. I feel like it would have been very weird if he was a solo act. Yeah. So you were going to be a solo act. You were going to be a no, session. I didn't, I didn't want to be a solo act at all initially. I wanted mm. to be. I wanted to be in a band. Yeah. Like, you know, I kind of wanted to live that that dream of the the bands that I knew and loved, who yeah. were real bands. So you wanted a band. Wanted a band. Met this guy. We wrote some songs. We, you know, we we played some shows this guy Richard and I and we, we put together some demos and and what have you and um, just nothing happened mm. right and you sent them out to and this was this weird sort of cycle of you send them to people actually we got some really positive responses from mm. quite mm. large management agencies you mm. know but then just be crickets so you're on this constant emotional roller coaster mm. of fuck it might happen oh nah Oh, it's gonna happen. This is it. Oh. <laughs> now every no. artist, every artist knows this on some level, right? Like this is the thing. Like I can remember, and fuck, I'm gonna out myself here because, you know, I've my chief success as a poet is putting my own stuff on Facebook and making people that are friends with me read it or 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 hide me for a month. Um, I have but, to, I have had to block you. Yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> but I can remember sending poems and and stories and pictures for journalism out into the world. Mm. And in Wellington in the late nineties and early two thousands, and riding a high around it, like fuck, this person wants to hear from me. Yeah, yeah. I'm through to the next level. Yeah. And then nothing, you know, yeah. or you know, and then nothing, and then like fuck, well, what do I do with that nothing? So like, but. Because I think that old thing about, you know, you're just doing it for yourself, mm, mm. that's bullshit. Mm, mm. I don't think... If you were, you wouldn't share it. <laughs> well, kind of, right? Pretty you much. Know, and bear in mind, we are still largely pre... No, we're not pre, yeah. pre-social media, but it's certainly, you know, pre-Spotify. Doesn't have the uptake. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. So um, you, you create something because you want people to hear it. And obviously the validation, I think any any creative person enjoys that, right? Mm, and so mm. we're out there and we're, we're playing gigs and we're doing the toilet circuit in the UK and largely in London, which is all these, you know, shitty, shitty gigs and what have you. And, and nothing's happening. And so obviously um, myself and the, the other songwriter fall out because mm. that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, totally. Naturally. Creative differences. Yeah, and I go, fuck it, I'm going solo. Do you know <laughs> yeah, what I yeah, mean? Because yeah, I yeah. learned that in the covers band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what you do. <laughs> that's what you do. So, so yeah. we're playing the singer. <laughs> Of Sofa, um, if he's listening. And, um, he's listening. He's, <laughs> of course he is. He's listening. Of course he is. And I'm going to scratch, scratch the head actually and remember the sequence of events. But um, I had, we, we had a couple of songs and I'd written a couple of songs and um, we had a bit of a falling out and I decided I'm just going to, I'll crack, 
crack on and do this mm. myself. We just wanted to do things in different ways and mm. I was a bit obstinate and looking back and what have you. And so I sent some demos to uh, an agency that managed producers mm. and I wanted to record an EP and they came back to me really quickly and said that this dude called Guy Massey was interested in producing an, an EP for me and, and I looked him up and it was like, shit man, this guy's just, he was an engineer mm. um, who'd won a Grammy and was just getting into, moving into production and he'd done the Manic Street Preachers and he'd remastered McCartney and he'd, turns out he did the initial Ed Sheeran stuff and he, mm. he worked out at Abbey Road and all this kind of thing. And so I thought, oh, fucking hell, you know, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is the moment. Yeah, this yeah, was yeah. the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so... At this point, I'm working and I'm contracting. I'm paying for everything out of my own pocket, and we go into a, a studio with Guy, who's just the loveliest dude you'll ever meet. Mm. And I'm a I'm a total nobody mm-hmm. in the music scene, right? And so he comes in. He's very encouraging, and um, he did the Bill Fay uh, albums. Wow, right? Yeah, so yeah. he engineered and um, I don't know if he co-produced. We certainly engineered. Or he was those, doing that at the those same time. Those kind of comeback ones. Those. Do you mean those recent ones? So the first one Bill Fay did back in... Oh, the original ones? Uh, no, no, not the original yeah. ones. The ones he did... In like 2012 or whatever. Yeah. Around that time. So the time we were doing yeah. this EP, he was yeah. in the same studio, he was doing the Bill Fay stuff. Yeah, I love that stuff. Amazing. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful record. So he was yeah. engineering all of that. And um, so he got us into this, this studio and I had recruited a bunch of guys... Um, and what's cool is I'm still, you know, good friends with some of them mm. and keep in touch. Really, really good musos. And we had this amazing experience recording the CP. And again, it's that classic thing, eh, of you kind of, you, you immerse yourself in what you want mm-hmm. and you can kind of imagine the, the dream, you know, shit, what if I was doing this all the time? Mm. Yeah, you take a week off work and you're in the studio and you record and then suddenly it's done mm. and you're back to the day job or doing whatever. Mm. And so we put I put the CP out and um, uh, what happened? I'm trying to remember what happened to it actually. Again, again, that same sort of positive thing. I probably sent it to you. You might have, you know, graciously you, ignored it. So this is the EP that you put out, but you didn't put it out under your name. No, I didn't. I put it so out as a pseudonym. <laughs> I was going to say, I was thinking about this before, and I was going like, are we going to get into the actor's studio? And I'm going to go, <laughs> yeah. who is Tom Cross? Oh, God, I'm, him, I'm kind bring, of embarrassed bring, by it now. Bring him out. You know, can I, can I, I've been speaking to Kev, can I speak to Tom Cross? Oh, God. Take a drink and... <laughs> yeah, let's get the Ouija boards. <laughs> no, because I remember, I remember you writing to me and saying, like, uh, so I'm doing this thing. And I'm doing it under a name, and I feel like you kind of told me, you know, like it wasn't wasn't strictly my idea, but they want me to do this name, so we've come up with this name. So you were Tom Cross. So the so how did that happen? So my middle name is Thomas, and I'd been sort of looking for this some kind of well, some moniker for the solo thing, um, as people do. As you do. Yeah. What what I find quite hilarious looking back now as we have this conversation is this is the kind of you could imagine, you know, you're talking to shit, I don't know, Robert Plant, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I was in Led Zeppelin, we did this and then I went solo and did Robert <laughs> Plant and all this stuff worked out and amazing and I'm you know yeah. none of none of the shit that I've done worked out. 
so it's like it's like the mirror image in a weird way. Do you know what I mean? It's like, when I think back, it's quite funny. We're having this conversation like anything actually ever happened, but it didn't really. You know. But it's interesting because, like, I, I feel um, as a person who has never failed nobly, I feel terrible saying it was a noble failure. But is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, and I was, like definitely. Do you know I, what I mean? Because I did I, not I, want to die yeah, wondering. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. And I wasn't so going to die if wondering. If this is my trip, if this is my ticket, yeah, then I'm going to go. I'm going to get someone to clip it, and I'm going to see if this works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was it exactly. Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. You know, I'm here. I'm in London. I, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to give it balls out and see what it's happens. Now or never. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You know. So, you come up with this name, Thomas Cross. Tom, Tom Cross. Cross. Yeah. So that was just my middle name, and someone said. What about cross? It's kind of snappy. Mm-hmm. I went, okay, fine. Mm. But interestingly, looking back, right, it never felt authentic from the get-go. Interesting. So I think what was happening and what did happen eventually, as I relate the tale, was you kind of, instead of being, when you really, really want something to happen after a period of time, mm. and if you've experienced um, a bit of failure or, you know, hardships on the way, I think there's a point where you can get become a little desperate for it, right? So you start to shape it around what you think people want instead mm. of what just comes naturally. And so anyway, I, I released it under this name, this first EP, mm. and um, I can't even remember what happened with it, which probably means not much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember you sent me a couple of copies of it, and I played it, and I liked it. Oh, I remember, you know what, your, your good, your better half. Mm. I remember you, you said to me, you listened to a, one of the tracks, your better half came out and said something like, I think this is the most commercial song I could imagine you would ever listen to and tolerate or something along those lines. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, that sounds, that sounds spot on. Like, <laughs> yeah. she's, she's good like that. Yeah. That does sound accurate. But I was looking up, a, a, before you came round, I looked up to see, oh, there must be a Tom Cross clip on YouTube and the comments are extraordinary the comments are Lord sent me here Lord. Oh, so yeah. tell me about that because that's that's I fucking did not know that so I knew I knew what you were doing I would have written about it somewhere at some point and I definitely listened to it a load but I didn't know that there were YouTube clips with comments saying Lord likes this so now I'm into it so what happened was that first EP got me a manager, mm-hmm. basically, and um, the manager uh, who it turned out perhaps wasn't good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not split hairs. I it, never it was have. well-meaning. <laughs> no, that's right. No, you've always held back, Simon, and I've always, <laughs> always wondered when you'll just you know come out with it. <laughs> So he, he was a very nice guy, and yeah. I think he was well-meaning, and I think he was inexperienced, and I didn't know any better. And he said, um, you know, let's let's go in this sort of slightly electronic direction, because that's what was happening at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. is 2012, 13. Yeah. And <clears throat> what you have to realise about doing music... So it's music, like the glitchy singer-songwriter, like, you're a, there's a purity of the song in there, Yeah. but we're going to obfuscate it yeah 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 yeah. so he sent me i was you know doing songwriting sessions in hamburg 
with these kind of published writers in London. Mm. He teed this up. I, you know, spent a couple of weekends in Stockholm working with this guy, which, you know, and this was really, this was really cool, mm. you know, and I was loving that. And out of this, one of these sessions in Stockholm, um, <clears throat> we wrote this song called Heavy Sea. Across the heavy sea. And it was this kind of slightly electronic dancey sort of thing. And that's the one that you can say that's seen the on, on YouTube. Yeah. And I was still covering all this out of my own pocket. Yeah, right. Including the manager's time. Yeah. Which it went, apparently when I looked, that was not how it should have been. But, you know, yeah. you live and learn. You're green. And also at this point, I think I'm going, fuck it, you know, I just want to make it so bad. I and just you want, don't, and you, you know, don't have. I'll do whatever, you know. I'm not quite at the Kaiser Chiefs wank off a tramp for fame <laughs> type stage, but, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, but you're also like, a person who doesn't have a mortgage and a family and a. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're on your OE basically. It's extended out. Yeah, yeah, but 12. Yeah, but, yeah, but you're on yeah. your OE and you're on your musical OE, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Right? And so it you're was like, a case fuck of, it, I can justify this. It was. Yeah, and I'm that particular single was like can, this is oh, yeah. this is my last role on the yeah. bus. Yeah, yeah. and in, in hindsight, um, I look back and I go, I was again, I was trying to make what I thought would get me to the next stage, as opposed to what mm. was authentic. Mm. And the thing that I I realised eventually, well, I guess in hindsight, is when you're trying to do this stuff in the UK, which is different from a lot of other markets. Mm. The UK is very trend driven. So it's mm -hmm. very much, it's not so much even about the quality of the song, it's about is it right for whatever's cool at this point yeah, in time. Yeah, totally. And we've felt that in recent years with these people like, um, what's his name, Jake Bug and yeah. people like that where it's like you get people who should know better <laughs> telling you, this guy is the new Bob Dylan and you're just like, oh man, fuck, you know, yeah. you need to die in a fire. <laughs> like you need to fucking die in a fire for saying that because you don't mean that. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I yeah. remember when he came out. Yeah. That's right in the UK and going like he's whatever, oh, but I he's not it. that. You know. Yeah. This guy's rockabilly. He's almost Buddy Holly. No, he, no, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's not. He's just a precocious teenager with a guitar. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And there'll be another, and that doesn't make them wrong. And there were scenes. So yeah. there was. There was the the Hoxton scene, the Shoreditch scene. Mm. There was the Brixton scene, and I wasn't part of a scene. And right. you needed to and be. And you part needed of a to scene be, yeah. To meet the right people, yeah. And and I lived around the corner from Abbey Road, you know, at the time. Yeah. And I remember Guy Massey, who was yeah. you know very generous to me the whole time, mm. calls me up one day saying, "I'm I'm in Abbey Road. Why don't you come round?" And so we went round and he gave me a tour of the studios and we have a drink in Abbey Road. I'm like, this is fucking amazing, you know, mm, and this mm. is all I want to do. I used to be in a covers band that played <laughs> Beatles songs really loud. Oh, I used to be, yeah, <laughs> now I'm, you know. If only Sweetman was here. <laughs> what now the I'm magic here. we could create in Studio <laughs> 2. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so I have, and so this guy, this manager, he puts me on these songwriting sessions and there's a party in the back of your mind that wants to get carried mm, away with this mm. illusion of you're making it, you know, mm, it's starting to happen. Next level, next level. It's, yeah. it's got to happen, it's got to happen. Yeah. And so I record a single and I put it out and um, it gets on radio too, and, and you know, which is the biggest station in the UK. Mm. And then it's crickets. 
you know, it's like, and I get the, the video goes out and it goes on Vivo and I, the Lord thing, I've I've never quite uh, processed how yeah. that worked, or if she, I don't think she, I don't know how that works anyway. Yeah. Because yeah. I had some publicist PR crowd doing stuff for me. Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe I ended up on a playlist or something. Um, so yeah, now there's a sort of random electro. I was trying to write a version of Robin's Dancing on my own, which mm. I thought was amazing, and uh, so it's it's a very subpar <laughs> attempt to, to write a song like that. I was in <laughs> Stockholm, you know, when in Stockholm, <laughs> write a Robin track. So, what does all that mean now to you? Like, and um, how does it how does it um, either crash down or get folded away? Is it a bit of both? So it was, well, this is the bit where I probably start hitting the whiskey harder, but, um, you know, it's funny, I was always slightly <laughs> uncomfortable and embarrassed to say that I was using a pseudonym. Mm. I don't know why, and I think that's I probably bet. a warning sign. No, 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 I used a pseudonym for a few months as a writer. What was your pseudonym? Um, it was uh, Gary Reid. Gary Reid? Yeah. Where did that come from? Fuck, I don't know. I don't know. The re uh, no no, it was not Gary Reed, it was Mark Reed. It's even worse. <laughs> you can't it's even it. fuck I couldn't remember it. Um Mark Reed's not as interesting as Gary Reed. It's Gary a very Reed's banal way better. It was Mark Reed. I wanted to do a real fly under the radar I'm Mark Reed. <laughs> you don't know who I am. I'm just a guy writing some words. Right. So for a while there I was writing under my name for the Dominion whatever else and then I had this really lucrative gig writing for the Herald on Sunday as Mark Reed. as Mark Reed. was that so, the really provocative stuff you'd just nah, put into that nah fuck it was real safe um, but they just sort of like I just knew that I'd get fired from the Dominion if I was writing for the Herald so oh, yeah, I just right, right. couldn't do that shit so I just said to them I'm just going to do that. someone contacted me and said you know I think how it worked was someone who had worked with a North and South wanted me to write a couple of things for the Herald on Sunday. I did them, a couple mm. of book reviews. It was pretty low-key. And then she came back to me and said, oh, or, or a new person came back and said, hey, would you do some more? And I was like, I oh, will, but if I'm going to do it, I'm probably going to do it under a pen name. And they were like, yeah, fine, we don't give a fuck, just mm. do it. I was doing heaps, man. I was doing... Were you? <laughs> fuck, it Did was only talk? for a few months, but it was wicked. I was, yeah. doing, I was doing... Does it um, feel dangerous? I, it felt dangerous. It felt dirty. It <laughs> <laughs> felt like you were cheating did, uh, on yourself. Yeah, yeah, big yeah, time. Yeah. I remember going and I was doing film reviews, I was doing album reviews and interviews with what artists. What would a night out with Mark Reed have looked like? Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> freezing worker gummies, I don't know. Um, I remember going and reviewing the U2 360 live concert that was a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I remember going to that as Mark Reed. <laughs> and, but I do know what you're saying, because it's fucking weird, because I never talk, I, I did write a piece about this once, saying that I was Mark Reed, and, you know, it didn't really mean anything, but this is what I was. But talking about it, it was fucking weird. Like, because mm. I would actually do these interviews with New Zealand and international artists as, as me. Mm. They would speak to Simon. Mm because that's what they were told to do. And then it would appear in print as Mark Reed. And I thought, well, hey, okay, so you talk to David Coverdale from Whitesnake, that's fine. He doesn't give a fuck. He's entertaining. You have a good chat to him. And mm. then he never reads the copy. Yeah. 
but you talk to Anika Mower or Anna Coddington mm. or someone like that, which I did, both of those names, um, Savage, you know, like in the era. Yeah. That was, people like that. I talked to these people on the Shefu, I talked to these people on the phone, and then the next week or maybe yeah, later that week, what they'd said was in print with this name, and I never explained to them, oh, by the way, when you read this or when your publicist clips this, it's going to say Mark Reed. Because I didn't really have a plan. <laughs> so I just fucking... I just turned the you copy around. making a buck. I just was... Yeah. yeah I was just getting paid. When I, back when I was getting paid. We all wear masks. So... <laughs> we all wear masks. You've uncovered this. Um, <laughs> I did not a, know this In a brilliant way. Yeah, well, you That's probably wouldn't have been around. So no. it was... Mark Reed never reviewed me for The Herald, The Bastard. <laughs> it was a good. It was a good. It was a good. I do remember talking to that amazing British musician Jamie Lydell, and I um, talked to him. But that didn't matter because he would never read it. So you know he yeah. wouldn't know. He wouldn't remember who he spoke to or read it. But as I say, those Kiwi artists, I mm. did feel a little. And I'd get sent these screener discs of movies, and I'd go to the movies. But I was making good coin mm. for uh, I don't know eight months, something like that, and then. <laughs> And then one day I got an email, the world came crashing down. <laughs> one day I got an email. Are you what you were found out? Yeah, it was, well, no, 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 it never got to that. It was like a new editor or something said, um, a new big editor basically yeah. went, uh, uh, we need that guy to start writing under his, <laughs> like, a, I can't imagine how it, how it happened, but I imagine there was a, you know, who's this guy, Mark Reed? Oh, um, that's actually someone else. <laughs> You know, whatever. And they would have just been like, oh, no, no, that does not work for us. You're on the payroll. It's yeah, going to a that, Swiss account. That does, <laughs> it's all very mysterious. That does not work for us. We need him to be who he is. And it was kind of like, yeah. fuck, the Herald are paying me way more than the Dominion are paying me. Yeah. But I live in Wellington. Yeah. I'm a Wellington writer. I've written for the Dominion for that, longer. It's the tough thing about living do in the I? Do I, what do I do? So I just said to them, look, man, I need to bail from you guys if I can't write under a fake name. If I can't be honest and write under a fake name with you guys. <laughs> yeah, then I, if then I can't I, be myself If I can't be read, myself as a right. complete fraud, then I can't be, I can't be honest at all. That's, that's, what right. you, that's what you're telling me. You've forced my hand. Why don't people understand that? They don't understand they it. Don't and understand. then, and you know, and then it was a few more years with the Dom before things came crashing down there. So it was worthwhile to... Sever the tie when I did. Okay. Uh, back to you. <laughs> your, what was your experience like? Is, can I speak to Tom Cross? Back to Tom Cross. Oh, God. I know. Even now, I kind of feel like I, I just want to cringe a little bit. Mm. Well, because people started calling me by that name, too, who I met under yeah. that guise. And yeah, I was like, well, that's exactly. Not, that's See, not I, actually my name, but I understand, you know, okay, I get it. fuck it, whatever. Yeah. And it was. it just became weird. Um, but there was some, yeah, I think the hardest part of the whole process was, was I had all these people, and this is might sound at the Rosanna Egotistical, saying, um, you're really good. Mm. And it was all... It does. It was all... <laughs> they basically said, you're amazing. And I was amazing, Simon. Yeah. And I don't know why people didn't realise that. <laughs> no, it was mainly the, vo the, the singing. For whatever reason, people kind of enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and I got You're a good singer. Well, well, thank you. Yeah. And I got these... You know, very flattering. Ben Fulton said it first, but you are did. a good singer. <laughs> I got these very flattering comparisons to you know people I really liked and um, and Bono and Bono <laughs> and Bono, <laughs> and I ended up doing a bunch of session vocals and stuff. Um, you know, and and I got a 
I was signed by a vocal agency and doing top lines and you know for some good names and things like that doing demo and Groove Armada and I ended up doing quite a lot of DJ stuff mm-hmm. I did, where um, they just need someone to sing a hook yeah, yeah over yeah. like sort of I, yeah, Ibiza-esque yeah. beats yeah um, I did and some and is there a good paycheck around that? no it was terrible <laughs> Mm. They cut you in on the royalties of the non-existent royalties oh, yeah, yeah, of this yeah. guarantee. If this yeah. makes it, then yeah, you yeah. do too. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, what, whatever. It didn't matter. It was no, no, it's just it's for, yeah, the, yeah. for the real. It's fun. Yeah. yeah there was a, a guy, Dan Spartacus, who we released an album that got signed by some Italian dance label. Mm. You know, and I look back on it, and it's actually, it was actually a really good look. Um, and so I was doing this stuff, and then there was a session vocalist, Margot Buchanan was her name, a lovely lady who I never actually met in person. She was a friend of my singing teachers, and her husband was very good friends with Hugh Padgham, oh, yeah. um, the producer. And mm. so I was trying to get... Who produced the great second run of Split Ends albums, among many things among that he many. did. Peter Gabriel and lots of... The Police? Uh, yeah. The Phil Collins drum yeah. we know and love. Yeah, he did all. But that. he did the 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 classic Neil F- when Neil Finn takes over. Did you know, he produce? Yeah. I didn't know yeah, he produced yeah, yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. Really? Yeah. Oh. So he's the reason that Eddie Rayner ends up appearing on a Paul McCartney album. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Yeah. Fuck. Well, I love the stuff he'd done, and yeah. so I I was put in touch with him, you know, and. Um, via email we loosely discussed you know recording an EP and then uh, it didn't happen for whatever reason I can't remember the details now um, and then so yeah I was with this management and we I ended up recording this single and putting it out and it was on radio too and then that was kind of it just stopped yeah. you know nothing happened yeah, crickets <laughs> crickets it was <laughs> You know, and, and it's just like, I was, I was just fucking devastated. Mm. You know, I don't know what I'd been expecting when I think, when I look back on it, I think the hardest part is people telling you that you're good and you feel like, okay, well, if these people tell me I'm good, I If must, you're lucky to have that problem. If, you know all about that. <laughs> Every soap you give it. All about the drummer. Mm. And they say, no, you look, we really love your voice or whatever, you know, you're really good, bloody blah, blah, but then still nothing happens. Mm. Which makes it even worse. I almost would rather people just say, look, it's just shit. What's yeah. happening in terms of you going to work Monday to Friday or whatever it is, what's happening in your life around this? So I'm, How are you like compartmentalising that? So I was... I had, um, I had a, a full-time job for a period and then I was contracting, doing comms digital type mm. stuff so I guess there was a part of me going well look I need an insurance policy in case mm-hmm. this stuff doesn't work out so I sort of maintained a, a reasonably um, I don't know how you describe it but there was a solid line mm-hmm. from a career point of view mainly because mm. you know you're living in London and mm. it's expensive and totally I'm also thinking from a I mean it's linked to that but I'm thinking from a sort of a a mental health point of view how are you processing the you know the hit and hope of it yeah well I think I thought I was handling it well but mm. in, in hindsight I wasn't handling it well at all 
mm. you know, and my um, then girlfriend, now wife, would probably attest to that, you know. Get her around next week. Yeah, yeah that's right, next <laughs> yeah, week's <yeah>. podcast. The <laughs> <laughs> long-suffering partner of Tom Cross <laughs> comes... <laughs> Who? Still can't speak to Tom Cross, <laughs> but I can speak to his partner. <laughs> I remember the real kicker was so I had a guitar, the guitarist who was playing for me in my band at the time was a guy called Bruno Major, and he was he's very talented, very good guitarist, very good singer, and we were playing Didn't together. Didn't change his band. name to Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. <laughs> and he got signed, you know, mm. and I'm just like, it was like, Fuck. Like, yeah, fuck. yeah. Like that hurts. Yeah, yeah. It's because yeah. it's that close, you know? Yeah. And you're like, this is what I want so bad. And here's this guy. Yeah. And he's gone off. And, you know, he's, he's a really talented dude. And he goes, and it was interesting then watching him. And we, we haven't kept in touch, go through them. He goes and records an album with Ethan Johns. Yeah. You know, which is never released and gets um, dropped. I, I can't remember which label. And now he's doing his own thing, but he's doing very well and he's writing for other people. And that was hard, man. Mm. That like just hurt, you know. Yeah, fuck, I bet. Because you're that you're that close, and um, or you feel like you're that close, but you're actually miles away, and you want it you want it so much as well mm, because mm. the the day job is just providing an income, it's just funding what mm, you really mm. want to do. It's not the dream. It's no. funding the dream. But at this point too, you know, I'm not that young to be doing mm, this stuff. Mm. I'm early thirties, you know. Yeah, you've done your apprenticeship. Kind of. Yes. Yeah, so you're going, well, you know, I think it, uh, is there a time limit on this stuff? Mm, so you mentioned girlfriend, now wife. What's, what's she thinking of this Tom Cross mess? Um, I don't, oh, she's very supportive. I don't yeah, think yeah, she yeah, particularly yeah. likes the music, but yeah. she's very supportive. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best move. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that, right. seems, that seems the best. Yeah. Yeah. But then we, we had always, always agreed that, you know, if we were to. Um, uh, fall pregnant or something mm, like that mm. we would move back to New Zealand and so the record comes out at the start of 2014 and um, it has this little flurry and you know sort of Radio 2 and YouTube and this sort of thing and then just nothing happens and then we find out we're, we're going to be having a baby mm. and so I sort of have to make that call about okay well we've you know we'd agreed we'd do this and um, cut the cord on the whole thing mm. you know and uh, so we moved back to, to Wellington. And it was, man, I mean, you, you think about the mental health, it was weird. It was like grieving. Yeah. It was like you lose, you've yeah. lost something. Yeah, and, you're you know, jettisoning. Yeah. You're letting, you got to let this thing, it's like, you know, Rose letting Jack go in Titanic. <laughs> it, was just like, <laughs> it was just like that. Mm. Even though, you know, there was room on the door for the two of them, but. We won't, we won't talk about that. <laughs> People don't mention that, eh? <laughs> no, they don't. Have you noticed that? There's actually well, I hated room. that. Yeah. It was not a good movie. No. I don't understand why he didn't fight harder. <laughs> I'm getting sidetracked. But it's, yeah, and it was, I was a deeply unhappy person, you know, for quite a period of time there and kind of didn't really understand why or what was happening and then you know mm. you throw in the pressures of being a new dad on top of that and it was yeah it was a it's a funky time you know and i remember catching up with you just before your first child was born in yeah Wellington. was that the first time we caught up after i came after back probably. when you came back yeah mm. yeah and you were kind of like so this is what i'm doing now <laughs> about to be a dad <laughs> yeah. you know so 
see how that goes, <laughs> you know, and it was, it was imminent. Yeah. And you were into it. Oh, yeah. But you were like... <laughs> what do you do next? You know, what's... Yeah. 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 I mean, the fatherhood's amazing, right? Mm. It's the, 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 the best it's thing. It's good. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's a good time. Hell yeah. Mm. You're like, the kids... I have two kids now, like, and they're, they're amazing. Um, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that weird sort of... You have to readjust... You think your life is going to go down a certain path. Mm. You're convinced that you've got the goods to make it happen. Mm-mm. And you try really hard and it doesn't happen. Mm. And you're like, I wasn't quite expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's what I find really interesting about, our, you know, we've got the current state of affairs. That, you know, you see these escalating rates of anxiety and depression and stuff. And yet at the same time, you see just ad nausea messaging around, you know, never give up. Never stop trying, mm. um, and all this kind of thing. And I think there's a real, I think there's a correlation. Is there causation? I don't mm. know, but I think there's correlation. And I look, I look back now and go, look, I was trying. I think one of the reasons it didn't work, perhaps, is that I was trying to create what I thought people wanted in order to mm. get ahead, as opposed yeah, to don't what you I think thought like, was true, or yeah. authentic. You know, don't you think like giving up is actually a really fucking good idea? Do I think giving up? Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. Like no to hold him, no to fold him. Is that what you're saying? Like, well, well, I just having that, like what I mean is having that understanding yourself. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, know when it's time to call it in. Yeah, I suppose because it's that sunk cost fallacy, right? Yeah, that you've invested so much mm. that you've got to keep going. Yeah, if I put another five bucks down, I'm going to yeah. hit the jackpot. I'm already at this level. Yeah. It's rolling, yeah. but it's not rolling. Like yeah. it's always back to start. Poker it's players always call back it to start. Going on two. Yeah, right. Right. Are you a poker player? A really bad one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's like you but get. You know the lingo. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know the lingo. It's just to be impressive at the <laughs> yeah, my mates. We, no, no, you know, it's monthly poker games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like you go on tilt, so it means yeah, your yeah. emotions take over as opposed to logic. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens yeah and you think fuck if I just do this one more thing it'll that'll yeah, be the yeah. thing yeah but fortunately in a way um the but you the, the getting pregnant was never, a catalyst to like cut the cord well you was. never allow me to throw my one poker metaphor <laughs> at do you. it do you it you never bet the house you always had your job your stability on some level happening around this. Your partner as a, you know, your music shit. <laughs> or whatever she thought. <laughs> or whatever she thought. I don't yeah. want to put words in her mouth, but, <laughs> but, you know, but, but I will. But, you know, you always, you never bet the house. You didn't chuck your job into... Because people do, man. I, I get these... I get these press releases from people that say, you know, and then I quit my job and put this book out that's my life, or I, I just put everything into this album. Yeah. And people are sinking like 50 grand into an album. Yeah. And they don't, they've given up their job and they've chucked their savings into it. Mm. And their album's fucking dreadful, or their book is shit. Yeah. And I have to turn around and say, and say that. 
Yeah. And I'm happy to do that. Well, I'm not happy. <laughs> that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm realistic that that's the role of a critic. Um, I feel dreadful sometimes if it's got to that level where we're exchanging messages. But you can't that. prolong the But delusion. you can't know, but I'm always happier when I know that people are doing this as a kind of part-time folly, that they've got an out. Yeah, no. I don't have an out. That's the irony. I don't have one. I've <laughs> I've set myself up as a as a critic, and people think that I get paid for it, and and I did for a while, and I often don't. And I've isn't bought, this podcast sponsored by like? Yeah. Oh, heaps of people. Yeah, Jake or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah and you'll get a cut. Great. Yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> but my 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 agent has been in touch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I you know I can see your foot. Tapping like we're out of here soon. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> yeah, right. I've so got places I know, to be. So I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You're gonna go meet up with Tom Cross. <laughs> Give him some royalties. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what does he think of anxiety? What does he think of Because <laughs> that's really the existential question. What does Tom Cross God, think of anxiety? I haven't anxiety even, don't don't miss. So you come back to, with my head anymore, You come back though. to New Zealand and you have kid, and then you have kids. Well, I think just backtracking mm. to your point about betting the house mm. at the time, it but felt, you didn't, right? At, like you, you, you felt philosophically that you did, yeah. But you didn't because the only reason I worked was to fund, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I put tens of thousands of sure dollars. You did the, do that, but you were, but it was still. I guess there was. It was rolling on. Like yeah. you, didn't, you never gave up the job and went right. Well, I've done that, and now this takes over. You didn't do that. Not con- well, not conscious. I just I kept doing the one thing that I knew how to do. Mm. Um, so I guess I just kept gaining experience in that one thing, and then that stood me in good stead when the dream fell through. Um, Fuck, this is depressing. It's real. This is it's gr- really depressing. It's good radio. It's, it's good podcast. Oh god! And I'm glad to be the depressing episode of your podcast. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> I honestly don't no, know what t- to make of it. Thinking, thinking back, you know, like, is it a... I really don't know what to make of it. It's, it's quite a funny... Act. I love this because you're very, you know, like, I'm in awe of you because you... I like you. I've always liked you. I liked you before you played in my band or you joined the band that I was in or whatever. Don't make me but, cry, Simon. No, 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 no. I li- I've always liked you. And what I like about this and what I like about our exchanges you know, around this and before this, you know who, you know, you know who you are and you know what you're trying to do. You do. Like, you're trying to make out, like, you're a little bit of you as going, fuck, I don't know what happened. But you, you, you know, you know, like, you, you're like, you're pretty realistic. The, the so, so, honestly, the songs just weren't good enough. Mm, you know? and I That's got to hurt. That does hurt. Yeah. I, well, what, the double, the kick Hasn't of that... stopped you. <laughs> no, I'm still tormenting you with more fucking songs. Hey, man, here's my new EP. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What do you think? <laughs> Listeners, stay tuned. Spotify. <laughs> no, but jokes aside, that's got to hurt, right? Like, that sucks. Like, if I... And we all have this. Yeah. Like... You're just you know, we talk not about, good enough. I've just really started thinking probably this year, and this is how behind the times I am, I've really just this year just started thinking about imposter syndrome and, and how much it fucking sucks and how much it hurts. And yeah. I realise I've actually always been thinking about it. We all, we all have been. We just didn't 
Mark Reed is on a yacht in Monaco man, right now. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck yeah, Mark man, Reed. he's giving Tom Cross a cross. Giving Tom Cross. They're doing coke. They're with, just having a good you know, time. Like, yeah. They're having some sort of bromance, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, like there is imposter syndrome, and it hurts, and it is real, and it's, yeah. and it's important to acknowledge it. Yeah. But it's also the death of the, the artist if you get caught up in it. So it's got to hurt thinking. You know, how do you come at that and go, fuck, I actually know the shit wasn't good enough? Yeah, it's funny because I think back to the original, like vocally, the chops were good enough, mm, mm. but the songs weren't good enough. Mm. And I was probably, no, not wasn't probably, I was too sort of, um, I wasn't willing to accept help and guidance. I was too like, this is fucking my direction. And I think, you know, to the mental health thing, which is mm. really relevant, and I'm sure a lot of creative, well, not just creative, but like yeah. anyone who's pursuing their thing can empathise with that, is you, if, if it starts to deteriorate, you become less and less open to other mm. things, to mm. other options, less willing to embrace, you know, help, mm. or new new ideas or new directions, and that definitely happened. So when the sort of, I felt like I had to stop the... And then the change, and you suddenly you go from like just doing gigs and all this kind of thing in London to being mm. in Wellington, where you're growing up with a newborn baby, you know, doing a job in advertising in the space of sort of six months. And it was a rapid shift. Mm. And um, I was still doing some sort of top line demos and writing and stuff here and there for the agent that I'd retained in the UK. It was very much a little sideline thing that I could mm. fit in. And I just didn't want anything to do with music for quite a period of time, mm, mm. you know. And um, I remember going to see, I would come back and I was, I was living in Mount Vic and Ryan Adams and Nick Cave came to town within the space of like a year mm. and I went and saw them both. And I just, I sat there going, I, I, you know, I fucking love you, your music and what you're mm. doing, but it was really hard at the same time. Mm. You know, it was. I couldn't deal with other people succeeding at something that I wanted to succeed at so badly. That was really hard to take, and that was that. It was like going through the yeah. The, I don't the, want to go gigs anymore. Seven stages of grief. I didn't yeah. want anything to do with yeah. music. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like music let me down. Mm. That was my thing, and I gave Doesn't it mean everything. Doesn't mean it's failed. It's music. No, it's failed. fucking music didn't. You know, <laughs> music owed me something. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, and um, so what makes you recalibrate on that? Um, as, you, as you've hinted at, kids are good. Well, kids give you perspective, That's right? That's what I mean, like, yeah. they're good. Yeah, you know? definitely. Um, I think anything that, if you're in that situation and you're single-mindedly focused, you tend to lose perspective. And I definitely did. And that's not always a bad thing. Mm. You know, it's not always a bad thing to be laser-focused, but you've just got to be able to deal with what happens. Mm. And so I, I, mean, I got really badly depressed um, off the back of it, you know, sort of medication type, mm. needing that to get out of bed in the morning sort of thing. And that's not a good place to be. And then you realise you've got to sort your shit out. You know, at least that's how it felt for me. How did that... Um, what was the realisation around that? Like, how did that manifest until it was addressed rather, I guess, solved, but addressed. I think just you get tired of feeling like shit. Yeah. Really, you know, and you, you try to, um, 
I like to understand the causes of things, mm. you know, so you're feeling rubbish and you just, you feel like you're walking through concrete every day and you're trying to work out why that is, you know, mm. and um, it was to you, uh, recalibrate's a really good word because you mm. have to figure out, can I, this thing that I loved so much and pursued so much, can I enjoy it again in any real sense? Yeah, tangible kind of way. Yeah, because yeah. it's been a massive part of your life. Yeah, so yeah. how do you let it go but not let it go? <laughs> yeah, 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 and totally. Right. It, how hey. can you not want anything from it? Yeah, yeah. While at the same time... Giving it its peace and, yeah. and you know, getting your peace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was an interesting... Um, it was, yeah, when I look back now, it was a pretty interesting learning experience. Mm. And probably the best thing I can think of that's come from it is that if my kids ever go into that sort of line of work, mm. <laughs> I'll be able to, you know, provide some cautionary <laughs> lessons around mm. what to, what to look out for and what to think about, you know. Mm. Um, and then I decided to, I just kind of said, look, I don't want anything from music now. I'm just going to try and enjoy it. Mm. You're always lying to yourself. Yeah. You say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think if you know, if you really want something, there's always a part of you that goes, "I still kind of hope it'll pick up." But you, you know, you don't honestly have but time. But secretly. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally right. Yeah. You know, if you're a writer, you'd you go, oh, "I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna write a little blog, or I'm gonna write some short I stories." Hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hang but, on, hang on, but hang on. But I. <laughs> hang on, man. That's, that's cruel. <laughs> So I didn't hey, mean man, it. No, Let me think of cruel. another example. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. you know, Come on, I, think so, about house painters or something. Se- Come on. <laughs> Secretly, I hope that Come guy to my random house, house is going to, you, you know. Come to my house. You accept my, <laughs> you accept my hospitality. Uh, I, I drink the Guinness I, that I bought. Exactly. Yeah, I, right. I poured some of that into glasses for you. <laughs> that you provided. Plural. Yeah. That's that right. you didn't even bring yourself. <laughs> and this is how you fucking treat me. <laughs> I was trying to think of an equivalent to writing yeah, and music. No. No, don't. No. Should we, we should stop now before <laughs> no. this gets over. Man, no, no, no. We, we're just getting to the good shit. We're oh, just getting Jesus. to the good shit. Yeah. Um, we were, I forget where we were. Where we were was that you were about to form Anxiety Club and release some amazing EPs and build towards, I presume, some sort of limited edition, you know, Vinyl that's got all your dreams in the slip pocket that comes with it. <laughs> Holy shit! If I ever do, if I can ever afford to release that vinyl, yeah, yeah. I'm going to call it. All my dreams are yeah. in the slip pocket. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I don't know. You know, I just maybe you know someone who you could pay to write the liner notes or some something. Yeah, maybe. Do you know anyone? Mark Reed. Mark Reed. <laughs> Is he, I hear he's very expensive. He, yeah, you got to pay those New Zealand not, Herald dollars, yeah, yeah. and they don't come cheap. <laughs> so, come on, how does so? How do you find your way back into music? You you were saying, you know, I I, I thought I'd given it up, but yeah, yeah, was, I did. I, I completely see yeah. the title. Even I, I remember I was just in such a funk, mm. and um, I remember getting contacted about a couple of. Uh, writing gigs in the UK I never even bothered replying I was like I'm mm. just fucking done I can't mm. deal with this anymore I'm just cutting myself off I'm done mm. felt horrible um, then finally started to uh, finally realised that's actually quite a dangerous place to be you know if you are that low mm. and you feel that bad about everything mm. um, you have to try and do something about it 
And uh, I know it's not something that you talk about a lot. You know, that, well, that's mm, the whole mm, narrative mm, these mm. days, right, is that we need to talk about that kind of stuff more openly and what have you. But that's... Um, it's tough. It's real hard, man. Yeah. It's not something that I personally enjoy doing. Because admitting to failure mm, basically. is essentially what it is. Mm. And that sucks. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, I remember a, a couple of things like showing the videos of the a couple of things I'd done in the UK to people and they're like, oh, that's really good. You must be, you know, you must be proud of that. And I'm like, no, not really. I'm kind of like, I'm not, but Lord is. Lord's really, Lord is digging it. <laughs> yeah. I never got a call from, I left you like a hundred voicemails. Yeah. That's yeah. And then the I couldn't get through anymore. Yeah. I don't know. But, <laughs> but it was, again, I was trying to accept that, okay, maybe what you did actually by all, you know, most standards is actually, you know, decent. Mm, mm. Um, it didn't get you where you wanted to go, but it's okay. And this is, I realise this is getting, sec- what's the word? Securitous? That's a word. Round and, yeah. round, and round and kind of yeah, knotted yeah. up. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to make sense of where we were in the chronology. Um, <laughs> I'm fucking lost. <laughs> no, you're doing good. You're doing oh, good. You're doing good. Where did we get to about 2015? Jesus. I reckon... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so then I just sat down with the guitar and... Yeah, well, what we're trying to establish is how you found your way back... How I found my way into back. Into... He was music, lost. essentially. Like, yeah, how did this band... One man. How did... They, in the wilderness. I mean, all the other members of Anxiety Club have been listening for this long. They mm. want to know how... They want to know how it happened. Yeah. They do. Um, I, I, shit, what happened? I just sat down and started tinkering around on the guitar again and again I find this kind of funny to talk about because mm. no one cares <laughs> but that's the point do you of, know what I mean yeah no no I it's totally like, know you know I'd like and come through ex- this period and nah fuck and that's exactly why I, I started I out after the stadium gigs <laughs> that's exactly why I started <laughs> this podcast no one cares that's why I started this podcast I think is so that we can talk about the things that we think no one cares about good yeah. yeah, at least tonight. That's what well. I hope the people who are listening really don't <laughs> care about this at all, because that's the idea. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like it's like when you get someone to contemplate their life and who they are and what they've been and what they're trying to be. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah. It's. It doesn't matter if you if you know them or know their work. It's interesting if they're honest and you, you're nothing but honest. Like you. Well, I you said realize, to me, you, know, you said to me before we started recording, you've talked to heaps more interesting people than me, but you were in the movie Chicken, the nineteen ninety six Grant LaHood feature film that I saw on a big screen. Yeah, I didn't know you then, but you were an extra in that movie. I was. Yeah, you're not nothing. <laughs> you know, you're thank not, you, Simon. You're, you're never nothing. You were that. I'm going to walk out of here with my head held high. You should. Just and soon. Chicken. <laughs> soon. Yeah, it's getting late. The kids are going to be up. <laughs> I can't be up past ten these days. <laughs> chicken, chicken. If you look real... My memory, you look real close. You, look you real don't close. even know where you are in that film. There's a scene. There was two nights in Upper Hut. Which and is more than anyone I should I spent a lot of it in the back of a van, <laughs> yeah. which I think a lot of people have been up at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, similar, similar story. Similar story. Two nights in the back of a van and up at. Yeah. It's surprising you haven't become mayor. 
Yeah, I just this it was part of a set in a takeaway. It was a scene set in a takeaway, and we were we were protesting. I don't know what we were protesting, <laughs> but we were protesting. Anyway, maybe even being in the film. Yeah, I should have done the soundtrack. <laughs> so Tom Cross could have done the soundtrack. If only we'd known. Mark Reed would have given Mark it a good review. <laughs> you would have. Oh. Mark and Tom could really help each other's careers yeah, here, I think. No, so I just sat down and wrote a couple of tunes, and again, I decided I'm not going to expect anything from music. And I worked out that I didn't. Oh, I found songwriting really fucking hard, actually. Mm. And I'm not even sure I enjoyed it particularly. Um, I enjoy performance, mm. you know, and I enjoy singing. Mm. And um, because back at, when we were doing the sofa thing, I went to Dave Fee and at Tapestry, so he's mm-hmm. been around for a long time and had singing lessons. And he used to do these concerts, and we had a proper band, and I'd sing these kind of things. And that was, I think, in hindsight, that was really. I should have let someone else help me with the songs or whatever, mm. you know. And so, and put these demos up on the Wellington Musicians Facebook page and said, does anyone want to get a band together? Mm. And they were very much in that sort of acoustic-y, Wilco-y, Ryan Adams-y sort of thing, which, and I I got introduced to Ryan Adams back in 2001 or something when I was living in Dublin mm. with some Dublin lads and he came and um, that whole sort of uh, Josh Ritter and Glenn Hansard yeah, and yeah, the Frames yeah. and all these yeah. kind of guys. And that was the stuff I turned out I really loved, you know. Mm. But then I made the mistake of thinking, oh, you know, I wanted, needed to be Bono or something to make it happen. Mm. And um, so just wrote these songs and put an ad out on the, yeah, on the Facebook page and, and some guys replied and it was that we met up down at the, the Toy Poneki Art Centre in a rehearsal room on a Saturday afternoon. So you make this band through people answering an ad. Which is not uncommon. Not that's, uncommon. That's how it has happened. What was unusual was that yeah. four of us get into a room, and this, you know, so there's this guy, Matty Copland, who I played with in a mm. band at uni. We hadn't spoken mm. in 15 odd years, and um, he's a great muso. And then uh, a couple of other guys, um, and uh, Cam and Chris, and we just hit it off, and it just works. And there's mm. just this thing, and it's joyful, and it's, and there's no pressure, and it's fun. And it's and we just all enjoy doing it, you know. And we start jamming and rehearsing, and the songs kind of come out. And I'm just trying not to think about it, you know. Um, Billy Corgan said something like, you know, it's just the the conscious part that always gets in the way, right? Mm. That always stuffs up. He didn't say that to you. He didn't say that to me. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you, Simon. Yeah. No, but I read about it in just an article. Interesting to see where the narrative. <laughs> I read about an article in the waiting room of my therapist. Yeah. 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 That's right. <laughs> I was hanging with Billy at the Shadow Marmont. Don't don't follow his advice. We were wasted, you know. Don't follow his advice. He's made Keanu one. Keanu Reeves he's, came in. He's made said, one good album. No, Ooh, fuck that guy. One? Yeah. Controversial. Yeah. Really? You think? And it one? wasn't Siamese Dream. Which is your favourite album? No, it was Siamese Dream. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Man, Siamese Dream. Good record. It was a good record. Yeah. Sofa played lots of it. We did. Made it better. We played it. We played made more it melancholy louder, now, actually. Made it louder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> louder equals better. Yeah. I was in a band at school um, that played. Are there 13 songs on Siamese Dream? I feel like there's 13 songs. We played 11. <laughs> we played a lot. <laughs> we did. What was black... the name of the band? Tell me you took it like one of the songs or something. No, we had our our um, 
our guitarist's surname was Diarth. We were mega Diarth. <laughs> Not making that up. And still better than Tom Cross. We <laughs> we played um, mega we played uh, a Black Sabbath song, a Pearl Jam song, and a couple of Nirvana songs. And eleven Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> songs, and I think maybe one or two Faith No More songs. Actually, I would have gone pretty to see diverse. That band. It was pretty fucking good. We were pretty good. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why did you guys not make it? Let's explore mm, that. I think it might have been down to the name. I reckon all the other shit was there. <laughs> like I reckon it was good songs. Good songs. Good we had songs. we had Billy's best songs. Yeah. We made them slightly better in a lot of ways. Our lead singer was Freeman White. Oh. Amazing painter. What a name Amazing. for a singer. Do you, know his, do you know his painting? No. He's fucking incredible. Oh, really? Yeah. He's a previous podcast guest. He is an amazing portrait artist and landscape painter. Both. He's incredible. Oh, check him out. Mm. Right. So clearly so maybe the he had, behind. He had right. too much shit and was, basically I'm blaming him. Like he had other shit that he was trying to do, like he painting. Potential to realise. He really didn't yeah. dedicate himself to the songs <laughs> that other people had written. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Turned out to be a good decision by the sounds of it. So, I gather Mark Reed wrote favourably of his opening <laughs> exhibition, the Auckland Art Gallery. Well, I remember going to I don't know if it was the first I remember no. going to an early anxiety club gig. No, it took us about eight months fir- to get you down to one was gig. The, I was going to say, it was the first that you invited me to, so I imagine it was the fifth or sixth gig you played, yeah. based on you <laughs> saying what you said about the... Band were bricking it. The band shitting yeah. themselves. You was guys it? had it pretty well solved. Like, you had your shit together. The guys you, were all you good were musos, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the first time, well, not the first time, but it was the first time in a long time that I was playing music that just felt right, you know? Since Sofa. It was, since Sofa. Arguably. <laughs> Didn't no. feel as right as Sofa. No. No. But it was close. <laughs> it's because these were songs you'd written. <laughs> that's why it didn't feel like right. You know, Something, it hard to argue with good. James Brown. Yeah, like, that's right. A, that's, good, that's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. It is a good song. Yeah. You know, Power of Android. Good. Decent tune. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. That's right. Ziggy so Stardust. It's okay. Not bad. Not, Not bad. bad. <laughs> Not bad. Gets a pass. Gets a pass. Um, that's you right. were good, though. You guys were good. You, you had your shit together. Yeah, well, I think we were a decent, tight yeah. act, and I think we were playing music we enjoyed. Came yeah. across, too. And so that's been the last couple of years. You guys have just built and built on that. It's gone from strength to strength. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've just got more and more enthusiastic about the project. Is that what's happened? <laughs> it's good for you to tell me Am I me reading that. too much into Well, it's, into just, it. it's good for you to tell me that because oh, I, I didn't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, you've done two EPs. We've done two EPs. I think well, I have, we've done three, I have, actually. You've done three. We did a I have, one, yeah. yeah, yeah. I have liked the two EPs that you have put out into the world. As in like them on Facebook. I like them on Facebook, and I chose to write about them. You did, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you wrote about them positively, which, again, I was surprised by, to be honest. Really? Yeah, I didn't think it'd be your bag particularly. You know, mm. Mm, I don't know why. Mm. Um, just because you, yeah. 
I don't know, maybe just because you're a snobby sort of. <laughs> but, but I don't know. <laughs> it's Elitist, you're, you're a snobby jerk. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I don't know because uh, I haven't really, because I don't care about this stuff in general, but ha- um, I know you've played on RNZ and uh, done gigs and rah rah rah. But have they been received well elsewhere? I sort of assume that they have. Like outside really of New Zealand knowing. or just in New Zealand? No, 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 no. Fuck no. And you're never going to make it outside of New Zealand. I mean in New Zealand. like. <laughs> Thank, thanks for the vote. Confident. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I'm just saying like... Have I've you just heard... come back from the brink, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying Good like... Have you, uh, uh, fuck it, man. If, if all your dreams are resting on me thinking your shit's good... <laughs> You're fucked. Like, has it taken that long for you to work this <laughs> yeah. out? Like, is it? I thought you I were. Thought there was I a thought, missing link. I thought you were good as James Brown <laughs> man, twenty years ago, and you didn't work out that that wasn't getting you. It anywhere. wasn't. Oh, I'm a slow learner. Fuck yeah, you know. Like, so do other people like your shit? Yeah, people have responded really positively. And fuck to critics. Them. Like, you don't need to oh. say that critics like them. Like, Price of everything, yeah. value or nothing. Totally. Fuck. That's right. No, no, no. But do people like your shit? Yeah, they do actually. Yeah. Well, this no, seems like they do. In all honesty. This is the anxiety club stuff has received the best response out of anything mm. we've ever done. You mm. know, which I think says something. And we've done the RNZ thing's been great. Oh, mm. Jesse mm. has been. Um, he's a fan. Yeah. I don't know if he's a. F- well, I it's think he It's been forced upon him. Right. Well, that's. You know, someone's programmed it into his show. Someone there's a fan. Someone there's a fan. So I, th- I feel like he is. Because I remember, in fact, fuck, weird, I was driving back from interviewing Freeman White pretty good painter mm. not dedicated to being a great cover terrible band, band member yeah well pretty kind of let the side down yeah. um, I was driving back from interviewing him when I heard you on RNZ Live weird eh uh, and, yeah yeah and I thought you guys sounded amazing and I thought Jesse was really into it and yeah. it that, seemed to be going very well yeah, it was. So I think that was around the time we put out the, the first Black, EP. Blackheart EP, which is yeah. available um, on Spotify, iTunes, and also as a download from Bandcamp, mm. just by the by. Mm. Um, it, that was that was a really interesting thing. So we, we did that with no expectations, and suddenly we got this response, and we were playing Auckland the next day up at um, the wine cellar, and the gig sold out off mm. the back of the, the Jesse Mulligan stuff. Mm. And that was a pretty amazing sort of experience mm, mm. turned out we peaked at that point right okay yeah. I'm sorry yeah no that's okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm really sorry so once again the, emo- right. the emotional roller coaster continued right. no and then um, uh, the, the band is our kind of operating model is sh- shambolic Mm. at best mm. so rehearsing and things like that mm. so we did that we put out the EP we had some really good gigs I think you came down to the Wellington leg of that tour mm. in inverted commas mm. i.e. two shows mm. and then we had a hiatus of six months or something like that in which time um, unfortunately a couple of our guys you know uh, Matt and Cam um, bailed off overseas you know to pursue their own things which mm. is fair play mm. to them you know mm. and so then um but the New Zealand music scenes, it, it was interesting. I think I came back from London expecting, because of the size of New Zealand, that it would in some way be easier. But in some way it's a lot harder, you know, in terms of... Why? Why? 
let me try and articulate that. I think it's more, it's quite clicky. Mm. Right, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, That's definitely why I failed. That's <laughs> the yeah. only reason. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so we solved that tonight. That's we good. did. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to click more. you got to click. you got to. i got to click. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think it's. Uh, I think the music that we make doesn't resonate particularly well mm, here. It's mm. probably more of. I'm just making excuses for not being. Good yeah, yeah, yeah. By the yeah. way, but you know, yeah, yeah. this will help me sleep tonight. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't know. It was an interesting. Uh, I, I don't know what I expected coming back, but I think it was. Um, it's it's hard to articulate. There's. Uh, there's an expectation of what New Zealand music is, and mm. we didn't quite fit into that mm. mould. Mm. And then, you know, we've learned that, again, I guess it always goes, comes back to who you know, know the right people, have the right manager, mm. and get in the right places, and that kind of thing. It's not, none of none of music is based on merit, right? You know? No. No, no totally. Very little of it. In fact, that's probably art, generally speaking. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I kind of don't care. You know, we know that, people enjoy it it gets frustrating at times when you feel mm. like you, you have a that people enjoy it and it's hard to get it out to a wider audience because of but my stuff. understanding was with anxiety club was um here's some guys who ultimately don't go fuck like you oh, in, we're in the sense too, that mate, you're too, all, music, you know that's yeah. what i mean like yeah, you you, right. you know you're not cool oh no and if you didn't, no, we got no kids now. to tell. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, so I'm sorry if that's a harsh, you know. But yeah, exactly. Like you, you're not trying to be flavor of the month. No, 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 hell no. And so there's something very that refreshing. Would be embarrassing. That would yeah. be embarrassing. Yeah, and there's something very refreshing about that that mm. you, that the acknowledgement is there, mm. that the awareness is is front and center. And well, I think you just have to have a little humility, eh? In the end of the and a little self awareness, and go, look, there's a. There's a certain, are we going to get on the next NZ on air, mm. you know, new tracks? Hit disc or whatever. Hit disc or whatever. Do they do those anymore? They do, you know, oh, every wow. month. Yeah, and, right. I'm off know. the list then. I need yeah. to get sent them. We've never been, <laughs> we've never been included. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, for whatever reason. Yeah. I got included as Tom Cross, ironically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's... I knew someone. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, read into that what you will. Even though I think the songs we do as Anxiety Club are vastly superior. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just got to do it because you because you do enjoy it, and it's nice to know that other people enjoy mm. it as well. And I I think the other thing is too like everyone in the band has other shit going on in their lives. They've got families. They've got other gigs, mortgages. Whatever, they've like, got other bands or jobs. Yeah. Or both. Yeah. yeah, yeah all yeah. of that, and I'm lucky to play with. You know, guys who are really great musos, yeah, really good people. We have a good time, mm. and um, I guess the challenge is there's always that party that you know wants to would love to be doing that and making a living out of it, and mm. you've still got your day job. And I'm sure that's the same for a lot of people who have that sort of creative bent. And I really admire people who've just stuck to their guns. And gone. I'm fucking doing this thing, whether it's acting or music or you know theatre or whatever it is, and that's you know, mm-hmm. and they've they've made a living out of it. That's man, I can't, I don't, I couldn't have too much respect for those people because I think it's so really hard. When you're flying 
back into New Zealand from your family holiday or maybe a work trip, whatever, what do you write down as your job? Because that's the little pinch of ego, I think. That it is, it's hard. In a I creative, find that hard. That's the little pinch of ego. Do I say... I put Renaissance Man. Is that bad? Well, it's bad if you can't spell it. <laughs> and I'm guessing, I'm guessing you can't. <laughs> Why do you assume that? Yeah, I don't know. Because oh, I used to oh. see the set lists. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Ziggy Starduck. Yeah, and um, spatulas from Mars. <laughs> no, I, 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 to my, and it, oh God, I almost, it's almost embarrassing. I've got you, haven't I? You I, have. like, totally, I don't even want to yeah, admit yeah. to it. No, you don't need to. No. I think we can end here can we because cut, we can cut We this. can totally cut right on this because I've stumped you like I've got you busted. <laughs> um, no, is there anything that we need to talk about that we haven't? I've really enjoyed this. You have oh. been a, you were worried that you weren't going to be an interesting podcast guest. Well, you I, weren't. I, I still will be amazed that someone finds it. You, anyone finds this interesting. You weren't, but I covered for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you did. Well, that's nah, just man, like when we been, used to play in sofa. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, no, no, you've been amazing. I think you've been um, really honest, really interesting, and I love your work. And I'm. Now you're bullshitting. No, no, come this on. Is, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm really not. Because you're just making me. You're going to make it sound worse. But just keep drinking your drink. Because, no, I do want to say, like, you have been really interesting, really honest. And we haven't really talked about your. Um, the acting. I mean, you've been in so many things. Chicken. Yeah, chicken. Oh, we have talked. Sorry, we, yeah. have. <laughs> we have. I did a recruitment video the other day, by the way. So you still that was quite it, a, so you're still giving that oh, a go. That was so. quite a big deal. Yeah, yeah, what was that? Yeah. I can't talk about it. Oh, okay. But well, it was, doesn't it was, sound interesting yeah. anyway. So. <laughs> well we could talk about it at that level. I have n- yeah, like failed numerous auditions if we want to get into that. Yeah. Really? Is that called a triple threat? No, triple no, what's the opposite of a triple threat? Yeah, I don't what's know. What's the triple threat that doesn't work? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> no, look. I mean, it's been a pleasure, obviously, to be, to be a guest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think there are. I would love to meet other uh, creatives. Not even creative. Anyone who's kind of been in that space where they've gone hard after something and it hasn't worked. Because I don't feel like that's talked about a lot. It isn't, and it's a a tricky thing to. I've had a couple of people I've wanted to talk to on the podcast about it. And uh, it's a tricky thing to bring up with some people because ego is involved. Mm. Um, I had a really good chat with a guy called Dean Chandler who made an album in the early 2000s that had Nora Jones and Emmylou Harris on it. And then he just went to work um, selling carpet. And that's what he did. And wow. he's really happy about it. And right. uh, I worked with him at the CD store. And I, it was cool. Like, he he got in touch with me about listening to the podcast. And I chatted to him. And it was like, man, got to get your story on tape. And he's so into telling it. Because it's fucking fascinating. Mm. Like, how the fuck did this happen? And he mm. laid it all out. He went to an Emily Harris gig. And he went backstage, met them, gave them the demo tape. 
they were inter- like uh, the guy who was playing drums for Emmylou Harris was interested in talking to him. He wanted to set himself up as a producer. Wheels were in motion from there, and then it all just fell away in a slightly similar. There are some parallels to what you're talking about in terms of like the the crickets thing. Like mm-hmm. he talked about that. Like yeah. this was going well, and then nothing. And he just kind of like, man, he's in a covers band now, playing tunes with his mates when he wants to. Yeah. He's real happy. But fuck, man, suggesting to people, hey, do you want to come, come and talk about that? <laughs> like, you know, like, there's got to be loads of those stories, but, like, do people want to own them? Well, here's, that raises an interesting point, which we haven't covered, right? Mm. And I'm not going to dwell on this for too long, but mm. I think what you don't hear people talk about is the role of luck. Mm. in success because a huge amount of the reason that someone succeeds and someone else doesn't is often just luck and timing mm-hmm. that you know the right person here in the right time yeah big um or they they write yeah, that particular time. thing that resonates but you don't big hear about time. it all you hear about is you know never give up i was yeah yeah and, it was all and i was me it and was what i did yeah, you know, yeah, yeah which yeah, is bullshit people yeah, refuse yeah. well not refuse but aren't but can't see it that, yeah, they either choose, can't see it or they, they don't want to see it. they choose not to. They choose not to, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think for anyone who's doing that, you got to, whatever you do, it doesn't have to be arts. Mm, could be business, mm, could mm. be sport. Luck and timing. Well, it's amazing, isn't it? As a freelance writer, um, people have basically gone to me like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? This is garbage. And mm. then other people have gone, we love this, yeah. more of this. So does that mean I'm good? Like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to not know that answer rather than to... Yeah. You know, it's like that keeps you going, right? That keeps you guessing and keeps you going. And at the end of the day, you have to say, who cares? Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. Do you um, think... If you're trying to do anything to to please someone else, as I learned... Mm. It's not going to be satisfying. Even if it works, I don't think it'll be So do you think the best thing about Anxiety Club, or one of the best things, because I'll careful to be um, be sincere here because we've been goofing around, do you think one of the best things is that you mean it? I just think it's that there's no. You know what I mean? Like there's on no some pretense. level, you, that's right. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what I mean. Like it's, you, it's just it you're is not what it is. you're not faking it. Like no. you're not you're not trying to sell Anxiety Club as something that you're not. Oh shit, no. It no, feels we're, like we're a it's, bunch it's, of guys it's authentic in, in that sense. Thirties, early forties, you get yeah. on stage and you know get get a kick out of playing mm. live, and we goof around and we tell some jokes and we don't take it too seriously, but at the same time, you know, we hope we move you and we want to be decent. Mm. because people are going to spend their evening with us at a gig or, you know, three mm. or four people will come down and lay down 15 bucks mm. and those three or four people are going to get a good night. Mm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so if you're one of the three or four, you know, who are going to be at our next well, show I, on the 14th I, of December. <laughs> I want to be one of the one or two people that's got their name on the door. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not fucking joking. Like this you can't is going to get. Is, on the door. Really? Well, then this no. interview is over. <laughs> <laughs> not enough people are coming to the gigs to put anyone on the door. This interview's over. <laughs> I bought the Guinness. Fucking, I thought I bought the Guinness. I yeah, thought the that Guinness was is over. <laughs> are you, is this thing on? Are you fucking listening? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, sweet. Then I'm going home. 
Oh, it's hard to 